Oh, hello. Fancy seeing you here on a Monday morning, but glad you could join us. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, we will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their businesses to success in an ever-competitive business climate. So pour yourself a hot cup and enjoy the show. Welcome Inside the Firm listeners to a Monday morning podcast edition. I'm your host, Alex Gore, and I'm here with Mahal Bryson. Right. So where did you grow up and when did you decide that you wanted to become an architect? Um, what was that process like? Oh, wow. Um, so I grew up in Israel. Um, I'm originally from there. I've been in the U.S. for about 25 years now, so more than half my life. But um, when I, in Israel, everybody has to serve in the military. So when I yeah. was 18, I was enlisted. And this is usually the time when you get to kind of think about what you want to do for the rest of your life, not immediately after high school, like here. And... I was drawn to architecture just naturally, although I had no real knowledge of what it is or didn't really know anyone who was an architect. I kind of thought I knew what it was. Um, And during my service, I also started applying to colleges in Israel, um, you're not really not applying, but getting ready for application, trying to um, study for tests similar to the SATs and um, doing a bit more research about what would be required to get into architecture programs in colleges and universities in Israel. And um, when I finished my service, I wasn't really ready for school yet, and I started um, working. I ended up being a a flight attendant for a couple years for the Israeli Airlines. And during one of my visits to New York, I met someone who was an architecture student through a friend who was um, on the same flight with me, a crew member, and he kind of exposed me to the ins of what it is really to go through architecture school, and I came back home after that trip and was sure that that was what I wanted to do, but then kind of switched gear and decided that I'm going to go study in New York. Um, During the process of that application through international um, you know, English tests and college um, applications. Um, I did still go through the local application process in Israel, got accepted to one private school, but um, not the one I really wanted to get into. So I, I, it motivated me to pursue the international course more than the the local one. And it was almost like a like a snowball effect. I threw uh, an idea out there and then started looking into it, filled out all the applications, took the tests, and and got in. So 
I was at a point where I said, okay, I guess I'm really doing this. Where, uh, what school was that? What's, yeah, what architecture school did you go to? Um, City College. It's a part of the City University of New York. Yep. Where is that located? Because I used to work in New York. It's up in Harlem. It's Harlem. Okay. 138th Street. It's an amazing school. The facility is um, one of those really old buildings, um, campuses. And um, it's just it's just a part of the fabric of the city. It's it's just one of those amazing spaces that you get to to be a part of. Yep. And then did you end up getting your Bachelor of Architecture or Masters of Architecture through there? No, Bachelor. Um, I don't even think they have a Masters at City College. No, it was a five-year degree. It actually yep. took me six years. Because the first year I was obligated to take a lot of those English for foreigners um, and general credits just to have a good baseline. But then the five-year program, so I had a Bachelor of Architecture. Did you know English before you came over? Or did you have to learn it at, a, no, at no, what age? I did. Um, everybody in Israel speaks English to some level. Um Actually, you, you, when I was growing up, you used to, they used to teach you English from fourth grade, I believe. So that's pretty early on as a second language. Yeah. Um, I think now it's even earlier. Um, so everybody, everybody speaks English, understands. And of course, I wasn't fluent and um, didn't know any of the professional related to architectural language. But yeah, that came with time. Yep. Um, any, any good memories or stories from college, uh, architecture experience that you want to share? It must've been great learning architecture in New York city. It was, um, I can't really remember a story. It's like a lifetime ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was amazing. Um, I moved around a lot, but going to school up in Harlem, um, you know, most people know public transportation in New York is just the way you live. And yes. you just get exposed to different people. Um, you can decide to just stop somewhere along the way to school, back from school, um, from work. And um, you just try and take advantage of everything that's around you all the amazing museums, just the city fabric, um, the parks. I yeah. think just, just living there is, is is something you can't really explain to people. You, you just have to experience it. I agree with that. I was trying to convince Lance, uh, my business partner, when we were in college, to move to New York City instead of Colorado. And I thought my best argument, I thought the argument that would win, and it ultimately didn't, was to tell him to imagine this. You wake up, you know, you get your coffee, you open your door, you walk outside, and you're in New York City yeah. every single day. Right. I thought that was enough. <laughs> um, because it's just like you said, there's there's so much to do. There's so much to explore. You can You can go on a vacation basically every weekend and almost find something new um, right. in the city. Right. You never run out of things to see or do. 
Um, and even if you do the same things again, it's never the same. Um, yeah. yeah, New York is amazing. It was, it was great. It was really priceless. Um, it's where I shaped, I think, who I am as an adult, because when I moved, I was 21 out of my parents' house um, into this huge city, um, not really knowing what it's going to be like, but it was better than I ever thought it would be. Awesome. Okay, after college, what was the journey to you starting your own firm? How did that come about? Um, after college, I I worked for a few firms in New York, mostly small. Um, one probably could be classified as midsize or was pretty small then, but grew to a midsize firm. Um, I didn't really think I'm going to have my own firm back then. Uh, just wanted to get experience in something, you know, didn't really know what I was drawn to specifically in the field of architecture. Um, so I worked for a few years for a firm that does transportation related architecture for the MTA and um, other local, some in New Jersey, some in New York. Uh, that was that was good, but I, I was very young um, and was kind of in a niche, not only yep. because that transportation is this very specific niche because I was just young in the business, you know, how you just get put on one task and you do a lot of the same. Um, yep. but, it, but it was a very nice um, architecture office where the the office vibe was was very positive. There was, there was an opportunity to get exposed to other people doing other things, you know, seeing them. So I started to understand there is more to that. Um, after a few years there, I just ended up working for residential firms, and it's it's very different than what I call residential architecture now because I'm in the suburban LA area now, but. Um, it was mostly multifamily architecture projects, and I think maybe that's when I started understanding a bit more of the whole process and what goes into a project, regardless of what what it is, you know, how many things happen at the same time to make anything. Right. Um, and truthfully, I ended up in L.A. because of my husband. Um, even in New York, we moved around a lot because of his um, school and then for his, he's in the medical field for his residency and ended up moving to L.A. because he got a fellowship here. Um, okay. So when I first moved to L.A., I thought I'm going to, take a little break from everything because it was, you know, a different state. I had two kids by then. Um, I figured I'm going to take a break. So I was in the process of taking the AREs and took that first year in LA off from work for anybody and finished, almost finished all of my um, licensing exams. That's nice. And, That's nice to have a, a year to kind of focus and study on it. Um, but I took them when 
I think I finished the last one when my kid was three months. As they get older, it's harder. So how old were your kids when you oh, were taking the test? Wow. So uh, I think I started back in New York. Because now that I think of it, I remember that when I moved here, I was registered in New York. So I, I probably started them when I was still there. And then when I moved here, my oldest daughter was just turning five. And I had a two-and-a-half-year-old. Nice. <laughs> and I think that was one of the reasons I said, I just can't manage a new state, a new life in, in a new place, and, and work. Yep, so, and taking the test, yeah. And take, so Yeah, no, so taking the test was my only focus other than raising my, my girls at that point in time. Yep. Um, so I started slowly getting to know people locally through the school, through the community, and ended up doing some freelance work part-time, finished my exams, and then didn't see myself going to work for anybody full-time. Um, I then had another daughter. So we're talking three kids then. And right. working full time, it didn't make sense. My husband, as I said, in medicine, never around. Somebody had to be more flexible. So that had to be me. Um, I had to just decide what I want to do. So I, I started slowly trying to get you know, not really freelancing for other people, just trying to get projects on my own. And it was it was challenging and a very slow process. Um, but once you get out there and you put your name out and you reach the people and you slowly you slowly get more work. What were some of the first steps you took to starting to get work? Um, I think networking probably is the most important thing that that helped me build a business. Specifically, would you go to AIA events? Would you go to Chamber of Commerce events? Or, um, yeah, what was no, that? No, not really. I have to say that didn't happen. And, and the, the AIA that's coming up in May in LA would be the conference. I mean, would be the the first AIA conference I'm going to attend. Um, so no, none of these more formal networking, it was more community based, you know, just talking to people, telling them what you want to do. Um, there's, so there's a lot of Israelis in the construction business in LA. Um, okay. I don't know if you're aware of that, but they, they share, they take a big share of the construction industry here. Um, yep. so being Israeli and having, just that natural connections with others here, um, that type of networking was very helpful in the beginning. Yep. Um, okay. How long ago did you start your firm? So it's hard to kind of tell when <laughs> it started and to call it a firm back then wasn't really a thing. It was just kind of a, a job, you know, more 
trying to trying to work in what I want to do. Um, yeah. But maybe if I really try and put a number on it, since I'm in LA about 10 years now, I would say maybe seven or eight years that I've really focused on working independently on my own for myself. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, maybe that. And then five years ago, it's probably transitioned into a more solid business. It was still mostly from home, um, but then I had other freelancers working for me, and then one freelancer became a part-time employee. Um, and then last year, I moved up a little and out of my home-based office into a real, you know, overhead kind of place, and um, now have two part-time employees. How does that work-life balance uh, look? How do you manage that now, now that you have two part-time employees, um, have projects under your belt, have a great website? Um, yeah, there, speak there no a little balance. bit about that. There is no balance. Um, it's, I feel it's, I don't know what balance is. It's very challenging on a daily basis. Um, I think one always overshadows the other somehow. Um, I feel that if I'm paying too much attention to just work, then the, the personal life maybe takes a hit a little bit. And if I, if I let the business go for a few days because I have to focus on other things that are just a part of the natural person life with, with my family, then I then get overwhelmed at work trying to catch up. Um, I, I haven't figured that one out. I, I try to just have a regular schedule as much as possible when my kids are in school. I try and work as much as possible, be as efficient as I can during those hours. Um, I can't tell, tell you honestly that I never work after hours. I wish that was the case because then I'm sure it's true for everyone. There's always additional phone calls and emails and things to check or get ready for the next day. Um, I don't think I have, I have it all balanced. Yeah, and that's okay because I think listeners are probably some are in the same boat as you, and some probably think that everyone has it figured out when they when they really don't. So, are all three of your kids in school right now? Um, I have four. Are they old enough? Four. Oh, four. Uh, all right. Yeah. Not now. Now four. Um, yeah. Yes, they're all in schools now. Um, anywhere from preschool to high school, but they're all in a regular um, daily schedule. I drop them off. Um, I have a little bit of help around the house. So uh, some days um, my nanny picks them up. Some days they stay late in the after-school program. My older girls are independent enough to just walk back home or catch a ride with a friend. Um, so that freed up a little bit of the time. Yeah. And I think maybe that helped the last couple of years when they gotten a little older, 
although the younger two are pretty young, um, yeah, having them in school full time helped me focus on business a little bit more. Yeah. And the reason why I keep asking about this is uh, my wife's friend, I guess she's my friend too, but mainly my wife's friend has a little girl and she works from home. And the little girl's the same as my little boy's age, uh, three, almost four. And I just, unless I lock myself in the basement, um, I can't get work done at home because, you know, I, I have two kids now with a baby. I just, you know, you, you just can't. So, but it, it, it was even challenging just with one kid, you know, because you want to play Legos or make food or, you know, you're taking a nap. Um, but so I, I think it is, it is a challenge. Now in the summer, do, are all of your kids in summer camp or summer school or are they home and do you mm. kind of have to balance that? How does that work? Yeah, summer is a little bit more challenging, but I've gotten better over the years. So we're only in March now, but I already have all summer camps lined up, signed up for each and every one of them for the entire summer. Um, nice. So it's, it's a lot of pressure back in January and February to coordinate with um, my friends and their kids and talk to my kids and find out what they want to do, where they want to go, um, kind of have four schedules set up on a table there trying to see how am I going to be able to drop off and pick up at the same time in different places. Um, but I, I try and work throughout the summer, maybe not really full-time, but as close to full-time as possible. I don't feel it slows down here during the summer, so I can afford to say, oh, my kids are off, I'm going to take off. Mm -hmm. um, I think the only time it slows down here is probably like everyone everywhere else. It's just during the winter break, holiday season. Right. Um, and, Christmas, people. Yeah. Um, which right. is nice. Um, oh, yes. You know, By then, you definitely need a break. <laughs> yeah. Um, could you share with us maybe a favorite project that you've worked on and, and why it was one of your favorite? Oh, yes. That's an easy one. Um, okay. okay. My favorite project was my first custom home. And it was just the perfect client. And it's one of those clients you get probably once in a lifetime. You wish all your clients were like that. But um, she's still my first and favorite. Um, she's just easy to work with, had the property um, lined up. She knew what she wanted, but she was open to professional advice. Um, she had the budget which made it a little easier because it wasn't a constant struggle to get anything within a budget. It was probably mm -hmm. a bit more flexible than the average client. Um, and we had an amazing builder as a part of the team. So although it was extremely long and a bit more challenging than a typical new build in LA, um, over the three-year process, it was just pleasure. It was just a pleasure to work on that project. And it's definitely the one I'm the most proud of to date. That's great. Um, 
now let's flip the coin and you don't have to name names or anything like that, but what was your least favorite project? And do you know why it was your least favorite project? My least favorite project? Um, I don't think I have a least favorite. There are some that are just not real interesting or mm -hmm. real architecture, if I can say that. You kind of yep. help people maybe get a permit for something, but they're not really interested in what it's going to look like. They don't appreciate um, your advice or your experience. They just want to go through the steps quickly and usually don't have the right budget. But sometimes you just have to take those projects. So there isn't one specific one. Um, I think I just have a few of those in between those that make it worth pursuing what I do. Right. right. Um, have you thought about next, how you're going to grow? What's what's the future for you? What does that look like? Um, or are you just taking it kind of step by step? Um, I, I think I'm constantly thinking about it. Although there are those days that I keep asking myself, why am I so driven? Maybe I should just stop, relax, and just enjoy where I am at the moment and not think about the next step. Um, but it just keeps coming back. I think I want to grow the business a little more. I'm not 100% sure how yet. I have some ideas. Um, I was working on a business plan. I'm trying to focus on managing the business a bit more, not just going mm -hmm. through it, trying to be a bit more calculated and educated about the financial side and how to use my data from the last couple of years to project into the future and maybe make some adjustments so I can grow. Um, I think I want to grow to a point that I don't have to be there all the time. I don't know if that's possible even, but I'm probably there more than my employees. Um, so, yeah. and, and I take it home with me in the evenings and it's over the weekends. Um, I, I don't know if growing will actually ease that or not, but um, I, I definitely don't want to go too big. I still want to stay close to home, flexible enough, um, and not overcommitted to too many things that I can take a break when I need one. Yeah. Um, what advice or encouragement would you give to um, I'm going to say your 18-year-old self, but you can pick a different age um, oh. because 18 might be too young. Um, Advice. I think, yeah, I think 18 is the age. Um, it, I don't know if advice is the right definition. I would say follow your passion. Um just just go with your gut. If you think something is what you want to do, just do it. I, I When I said back home to my parents that I want to go study architecture, although I come from a very supporting and loving family, they were a bit unsupportive. They were like, no, you have no experience in this. You're not a good drawer. You're not good in math. <laughs> 
Um, nobody we know is in this business. We don't think it's good for you. Um, but I kind of insisted that that's what I want to do because that's yep. what I felt I wanted to do. So if if you're young and you think you want to do something, you should try. You might you might not end up loving, it, but you wouldn't know. So your I think that's uh, great advice. H- has those people that said that to you now recanted? Because I'm looking at your website and it's you have beautiful designs. Um, so you must have learned how to draw and at least do a little bit of math. Thank you. Yeah, um, was kind of average in math, but you can get away with that through architecture school. Um, and of course, you do less and less of that on a daily basis now that we have engineers as a part of the team. Um, Yes, of course. They're very proud and they're probably the biggest supporters other than my husband um, at what I do. So Awesome. Well, thanks for your time and thanks for sharing your story. Um, I think it was insightful to get a real ground perspective of someone who is building their firm um, and, and what they're doing. So, Unless, do you have anything else you'd like to add or tell people about um, that that are listening? Um, no, not really. I'm sure everybody goes through the same struggles, whether they're women in the business or not. Um, just, just keep at it. Well, great. Well, thank you. And for all your listeners, we will see you next Monday. Thanks, Alex. Bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, don't forget to leave us a five-star review on the iTunes app. Tip your barista, and we'll see you next week for more Monday morning coffee with Inside the Firm.